Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranick, a TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies and your host for the program. This is Episode 6 of Season 2 of the Grizz Weekly Grind. It's being brought to you by the Hoop City Basketball Club. Since 2005, their mission has been to assist young student-athletes in grades 1 through 12 in developing a strong work ethic with discipline, responsibility, and accountability. Hoop City has helped young men be great on the court and in the community. Their alumni include major college and NBA players. If you'd like more information on how to become part of this great sports and character-building club, log on to HoopCityBC.com. You can follow them on Twitter at HoopCityBC. As they say, it's in our blood. It's who we are in Hoop City. And uh, just a, a couple of days remaining to register your your youngster in the Jack Jones Winter League. Uh, the Winter League will run from November the 13th through February the 5th, and registration ends on November the 9th. So uh, go to hoopcitybc.com and uh, register your young person for the Jack Jones Winter League, and they will give you all the information. Again, it'll run, the league itself will run from November the 13th through February the 5th, end of season tournament, February the 7th through February the 12th. Games will be played at Memphis University School on Saturday. So go ahead and check that out and get your young person involved with the Hoop City Basketball Club. And we appreciate the support of Ernie Kuyper and his group at Hoop City Basketball Club as they continue to support the Grizz Weekly Grind. It is much, much appreciated. A little bit shorter show perhaps today than normal. Uh, no friend of the program, just kind of busy over the weekend. And uh, so we're going to go pretty straightforward here with that was the week that was and PD's points. And I want to extend the conversation on PD's points because there are a lot of things going on in professional sports right now uh, that I just feel that that need to be addressed. And uh, so we'll get to that at the end of PD's points today, but uh, not a lot to report basketball wise since the last time we visited because uh, there was only one game played. So Let's get right to it. That was the week that was. So the Grizzlies played only one game uh, since our last visit, and that was a visit to the Washington Wizards. Wizards had lost two in a row as their first losing streak of the season. Grizzlies came in at 5-3 and three after two big-time wins over the Denver Nuggets at home. Uh, Grizzlies just did not get off to a very good start, uh, frankly. Uh, the Wizards were shooting lights out early from everywhere. Daniel Gafford, formerly of the Chicago Bulls, had a big first quarter. Wizards led at 35-31 after one quarter. Grizzlies were actually quite fortunate to be as close as they were at that point. Wizards were turnover prone in that first quarter. But then from then on, essentially, it was all Wizards all the time. Everybody that was on the floor for the Wizards, and, and they were shorthanded. They only had 10 guys available to them, tons of injuries, but everybody who played produced. No one had to play more than 28 minutes for the Wizards. They'd go on to win it 115-87, to 87, shoot 58% from the floor, 40% from three. They out-rebound the Grizzlies by 14, despite the fact that they didn't have anybody taller than 6'9", which would be Kyle Kuzma and Daniel Gafford. Uh, this was a, a game where the Grizzlies just never were locked in defensively in particular. And that, to me, has been the biggest issue for this Grizzlies team, not getting locked in defensively. All they did defensively really was force turnovers. They forced 19 for 20 points. Grizzlies only committed nine turnovers, but the problem is Grizzlies shot the ball very poorly at just 35%, just 6 of 31 from three. Uh, not a good night at all for anybody. John Morant, 11 points, just 4 of 17. Jaron Jackson Jr. was the leading scorer for the Grizzlies with 13 points on 4 of 14 shooting. The, the bad shooting was uh, pretty much epidemic for the Grizzlies. 
Uh, you look at the box score, Jared Culver got some time. He was 2 of 3. John Conchar was 2 of 3. Xavier Tillman was 3 of 5. Zaire Williams, back-to-back games with three triples. He finished with nine points. But other than that, uh, it was not a good night for the Memphis Grizzlies. And so they lose it 115-87. to 87. They fall to 5-4. and four. The Wizards improved to 6-3. and three. And very quickly, that was the week that was. Let's get on to Sapiti's points here. And just in the wake of the game against the Washington Wizards, you know, quite honestly, the Grizzlies, as Mark Spears pointed out in our Friend of the Program segment a couple of shows ago, indicated this is a Grizzlies team that can beat anybody as they beat Denver twice. They beat Golden State at Golden State. They beat the Clippers at the Clippers and coming down from double-digit deficits. But they can still lose to anybody. Now, let, let's be fair. This this Wizards team is actually really good. Uh, they're not Eastern Conference Finals good. They're not Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Brooklyn good. But they're a much better basketball team than we are used to seeing. Last year, Russell Westbrook was so ball dominant. It was him and Beal, and the rest was just kind of maybe Davis Bertans shooting threes from the top of the key. There, there wasn't a whole lot going on there. Wes Unsell Jr. coming over from the Denver Nuggets in the offseason to be the head coach of the Washington Wizards, I think has done a really good job. And if you talk to anybody inside the Washington organization, they will tell you that he is an excellent communicator, uh, really can get through to his players, and he's learned that. I would imagine he's picked it up as he has worked his way up from the personnel and video room all the way into the coach's office. Communication, connection with players, is a particular strong point of Michael Malone in Denver. Um, Michael Malone has that as his top priority. I need to be able to connect with my players. I need to be able to communicate honestly with my players. If I can't do that, then I can't reach them. Then I can't get them to buy in, and I can't get them to perform to their full potential. I think Wes Angel Jr. has has taken that uh, that he has learned in Denver, and he's put it to really, really good use. The other thing, too, and, and if you heard uh, our conversation with Dave Johnson, the longtime radio voice of the Washington Wizards in the last program, he pointed out you've got Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Kyle Kuzma, Spencer Dinwiddie, Haul Neto, Montrez Harrell. These are guys who played elsewhere, and they are looking to write a new chapter to their career. I mean, Caldwell Pope, kind of a mixed bag, honestly, uh, with the Lakers. Kuzma has has been up and down through his career. There's, there have been some really good moments, some really not, not so good moments. Spencer Dinwiddie, it, it's not a matter that he needs to reprove himself because before the knee injury two years ago when he was in Brooklyn, he was averaging 20 points a game. It's just that people don't think of Spencer Dinwiddie when you think of one of the best guards in the NBA. He gets overlooked. He's he's one of those players, like I've always talked about Chris Middleton of the Milwaukee Bucks. They're 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 one of the best players you never heard of. And and I think that uh, Dinwiddie falls into that category. Haul Neto now has found a, a home with the Washington Wizards. Uh, when he was with Philadelphia, when he was with Utah, just barely saw the floor. And now he has an opportunity with his basketball team to uh, to pull some really productive minutes. And he had one of his better games of the season against the Grizzlies, 15 points, three assists, five boards, really, and, and shot seven of eight from the floor. Uh, clearly, he's, he's he's got game. He's, he's got skills. And now Washington is in a position 
where they can highlight him uh, and where he can be a valuable contributor for that basketball team. So, you know, getting back to the original point, the Grizzlies can beat anybody, lose to anybody, but by the same token, the Washington Wizards aren't just anybody anymore. And I think that they are going to be a good basketball team. I think they're a basketball team that's probably going to surprise some folks. Maybe they surprised the Grizzlies a little bit. I mean, Grizzlies had won four in a row over Washington until Friday night. So we'll see. Now, again, this is a Grizzlies team that has been wildly inconsistent. If you if you track game by game their defensive efficiency, it's all over the map. One night, it's 93 points per 100 possessions allowed. Another night, it's 125. And then another night, it's 99. And and, and their, their defense has been wildly inconsistent. And that is the thing that the Grizzlies are really going to have to solve. Offensively, I think they're going to be fine. I don't have an issue where the Grizzlies are offensively. Now, they did have a bad shooting night in Washington. But I think, by and large, the offense that they're running, I think they're going to be fine. I think their offensive efficiency is good. John Morant is good. Desmond Bain has had a couple of games right now where he hasn't shot the ball real well. But that's more of an outlier. And DeAnthony Melton and Kyle Anderson are great at home but they shoot the ball very poorly on the road, at least to this point. That said, I think the Grizzlies' offense is fine. Defense is where they are really going to have to pick up the slack. Now, part of that is you don't have Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks gives you size. He gives you physicality. He gives you an edge. He gives you an, a, a toughness that is missing. It, it just that's, – that's how it is. And I think that once you get Dylan Brooks back – He's not going to solve all the defensive problems. There's no one person who's going to solve all the defensive problems for this team. But I think that Dylan Brooks is going to go a long way toward helping this team be a more consistent defensive team than they are right now. Because right now they're all over the board. And and some nights it's really good and some nights it's really, really bad. And it's more than the product of the other team shooting really well. I, I mean, Washington got to the front of the rim at will. 66 paint points. Uh, the Grizzlies did not protect the rim at all. Had a grand total of four four shot blocks for the entire game. Uh, and Washington, a good paint team, but not a paint team that you would imagine is going to score 66 a night, but they did against the Grizzlies. One other thing that I picked up in conversation while I was out in Washington, uh, Tommy Shepard is the GM of the Washington Wizards. Tommy, I got to know Tommy way back in the day when he was the PR director for the Denver Nuggets. And so you talk about a grinder and you talk about somebody who's really devoted themselves to the game of basketball. Tommy Shepard is, is one of those guys. Actually worked, I believe, for the University of Memphis in basketball operations for a little bit and then got the job as the general manager for the Washington Wizards and took Russell Westbrook and turned him into Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Cal Kuzma, and Montrez Harrell. That's a pretty good haul. Uh, and, and those are guys that are going to help them win. Kuzman and Caldwell-Pope are starting. Harold, former sixth man of the year, he's going to be another great bench player for the Washington Wizards, so no doubt there. But Tommy was good enough to stop by our broadcast position uh, in Washington and, and, and say hello. And, you know, just in, ma- in the course of chatting, he said, I got to tell you, Zach Kleiman is a really good general manager, and he's one of my favorite guys to deal with because he's smart, he's sharp, he's prepared. And, and there, there's no BS. There's no hot air. It, it's, it's all, look, this is, this is the way that it is. And I just, I, I bring that up to Grizzlies fans and listeners because I want this to be understood that we in Memphis think that Zach Kleiman has done a really good job with this basketball team. 
getting them to the playoffs essentially ahead of schedule, making a really good hire with Taylor Jenkins. But I want everybody to know that it's just not us with rose-colored glasses saying, look, Zach Kleiman's doing a really nice job. No, when you hear from other executives saying, Zach Kleiman's doing a really good job in Memphis for you guys, and when it comes from a guy like Tommy Shepard that I have known forever, uh, I, I think that's a really, really high compliment. And, and that's good to hear to go into another building to talk to another basketball executive. And I've talked to agents who have dealt with Zach Kleiman, and all of them have come back and said, this is a guy that we like dealing with. This is a guy who is fair. This is a guy who's transparent. This is a guy who's sharp. He's prepared. He's intelligent. He's, he's got a lot on the ball. Those are really, really good things. Um, because when it comes to signing players when it comes to negotiating you want to make sure that your GM is 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 going to be honest and on the up and up and transparent and well prepared and have everything in line and so that's a real tip of the cap to Zach Kleiman and by extension you know Rich Cho and, and Tayshawn Prince and everybody in the front office the Grizzlies front office is now looked upon as as and they as a good one and they're very very well respected and I think that's an important thing for people around the Grizzlies fan base to know that it's not just us saying it because Zach Kleiman is our general manager. We're saying it because other people around the league are saying it, people who are in a position to really, really know. Final thing I wanted to share with everybody on Petey's Points today is what life is like on the road. It is pretty close to normal uh, for us. We are able to travel this year. Broadcast positions have changed only to the extent that uh, our courtside seats have been sold as tickets now. And so in some arenas where we had been on the floor, we are now off the floor as far as television broadcast positions are concerned. Now, there, there's also a variance from arena to arena where we can do our pregame show. Those of you who watch Grizzlies Live on a regular basis know that when we are on the road, it's Rob Fisher, Brevin Knight, and myself, and we're in three stools. Typically, we've always been on the court. Different teams allow us to do different things. Now, in order for us to be on the court, whether it's on the court, on the court, or on the apron, we have to underdo, we have to undergo what's called Q testing. It is a rapid response, 20 minute test. Uh, and we have to submit a negative test, day of game, to the NBA uh, a few hours before tip off in order for us to be cleared to be, whether on the court or to be on the apron of the court and to be unmasked uh, when we are doing our broadcasting. It's also why when I do the coach's interview with Taylor Jenkins on the road, I can sit side by side with him because I've tested negative for the day. Uh, at home, uh, you may have noticed that I, I do my pregame stuff and, and the game open from the broadcast table because the Q testing is very, very expensive and we're going to spend our money on the road games in the home games, we have we have other options that we don't need to be on the floor. To give you an example how it varies from arena to arena, uh, in Golden State, they said, yeah, set up midcourt. Just stay away from the benches. And so we set up really close to midcourt, and we were unmasked. All of us had tested negative that day, so we were all fine. Um, Portland allowed us to be on the court. Uh, the Lakers wanted us on the apron. The Clippers were fine with us in the middle of the court. So it varies from building to building and team to team with uh, what they're allowing us to do precisely where we can do our pregame show. But the bottom line is, you know, we're, we're traveling on the team charter, as we always have. We're masked, of course. Uh, and game days, we are tested with the Q test. 
And uh, if we have a negative test, then we can be on the court. We can broadcast with our masks off and uh, we can be kind of sort of close to normal. So that's that's how life on the road is. Uh, there are no other restrictions on us. Um, if, if we want to go out and eat, it's essentially whatever the local municipality has in place. Virtually every city we've been in, whether that's been Los Angeles or San Francisco or Washington or Portland, it's if you are indoors, you you wear a mask. What's really going to be tricky in Los Angeles, and, and we were in Los Angeles before this was to go in effect, but November the 4th, they were going to say in Los Angeles, if you wanted to eat in a restaurant, you had to show proof of vaccination. So if you wanted to go and sit down and, and, and you know, this year we stayed at, at the Ritz-Carlton at LA Live, there, there's a yard house uh, restaurant right there. If you wanted to eat inside that restaurant starting November the 4th, you had to pull up your vaccination card and prove to them that, that you had been vaccinated. And, and that was going on in Los Angeles. That's the only city that I'm, I'm aware of. Um, so by and large, a lot, a lot of us are doing room service and takeout just to, just to be on the safe side. But uh, there are no real prohibitions against us you know, walking into a restaurant and, and having a meal. We can do that. But you follow the local rules. And, and we're all trying to be extremely, extremely careful so that we can continue to, uh, to be on the road and to broadcast uh, in the best way that we know how. So uh, that, that's just to give you some insight what's going on on the road and, and, and what our life is like in that sense. And uh, so far, so good. It is, uh, it's working for us. And uh, we're just thrilled, like I said, that we are able to be back on the road. I've got some thoughts about some things that are going on in the professional sports world overall, and I'm going to get to those in a moment. But first of all, I want to tell everybody that today's show is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. And as you well know, the NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time slapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. Now, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed because everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net, nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, then $1 wager is required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Some news that is disturbing in the realm of professional sports. Uh... The report coming out that uh, Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns, uh, it's been a toxic workplace. Uh, there have been misogynistic and racist comments coming from the owner of the Phoenix Suns. That is particularly troubling. We've also had the reports of uh, sexual uh, abuse in the locker room of the Chicago Blackhawks of the NHL. And now we have the report that landed uh, very, very early Saturday morning that now Neil Olshay, the general manager of the Portland Trailblazers, is under investigation for, uh, for accusations that it's, it's a toxic workplace environment 
with the Portland Trailblazers, and it is one that uh, that he is responsible for. And a, a couple of years ago, we also had issues with sexual harassment with the Dallas Mavericks. These are troubling times for those of us who work in professional sports. I personally hate to see that we have teams that are having to run investigations because there are allegations of inappropriate, improper, abusive conduct by executives with their franchises. It's very, very troubling. I know that sports is highly competitive. I know that particularly back in the day, there was a premium placed on toughness, that you played through injury, that uh, you played with an edge, you played with physicality, you played with ferocity. Uh, and, And I get that. This is a competitive business. It's a competitive business to make money. It's a competitive business to win games. It's a competitive business to win championships. That does not excuse the behavior that's being alleged here. Racism doesn't have any place in sports. Sexism does not have any place in sports. Abusing people verbally has no place in sports. Professional sports is a rough business. There's absolutely no question about it. Because as I said, it's it's very competitive. You're competing for sponsor dollars. You're competing for the entertainment uh, expenses that people are going to pay. Uh, If if you're in Phoenix, you could go see the Coyotes. You could go see the Cardinals. You could go see the Diamondbacks. So why go see the Phoenix Suns? So there's competition there. I, I get that. And there is stress. There is a ton of stress. There's a ton of pressure to win games, to bring people into the building, to make sure that you have advertisers and that those advertisers are paying the, paying the, the, the best rate you can possibly get out of them. But having said that, there's no excuse for being abusive. There is no excuse for being racist. And right now our society is in a place where these things are really put under the microscope. It was different years ago. I remember as a kid in grade school, ethnic jokes were very big. I was, you know, made fun of because I'm Polish. Uh, I was made fun of because I was a short, nerdy kid with glasses. And so, yeah, I was bullied on the playground. In those days, everybody would just say, hey, suck it up. This is the way this is. This is this is a real world. It's kind of rough. But that's not how our society is right now. Uh, Where we are as a society right now is. I think in a more enlightened place in that it's not that you have to be overly solicitous of everyone around you, but what's happening now with the allegations that have been raised in Phoenix, with the situation with the Chicago Blackhawks, with what happened in Dallas, what is being alleged now in Portland, it speaks to a lack of respect for the people with whom you work. That to me is the core issue. It's not about being woke. It's not about being politically correct. It's more about, do you respect the people with whom you work? If you are a team and you are on the same page and you are trying to do the same thing, whether that is win a championship or make sure that your franchise is the best run or the most profitable or whatever your goals are, if you are Working on this together as a team, would it not make sense 
that you would respect the other members of your team, regardless of their race, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their religious inclinations, regardless of their sexual orientation. It doesn't matter. If you are working together on anything, the fundamental thing that you have to have is respect. And what seems to be missing in some of these executive suites, if these allegations are true, what's missing is respect. Respect for other people. Respect for the people with whom you work. Respect for the people that you have hired to do the job. And that, to me, is what is most appalling about this, is that you would bring somebody into your organization and would not respect them in the proper manner. Those are the things that are really, really bothersome. Just because you are the boss does not mean you can demean or disrespect the people with whom you work. You can be a difficult manager to work for. I get that. But there's a way to be a demanding manager. There is a way to be a tough boss for whom to work. As long as there's respect in that mix somewhere, you can be a demanding coach, but if there isn't respect for your players, you can be as demanding as you want. You're not going to get very much out of your players. And so that's the thing that really bothers me more than anything else is that there's a lack of respect apparently in some front offices in the NBA. I don't know if these investigations will find Obviously, Robert Sarver in, in Phoenix has been denying many of the allegations that have been leveled against him. Uh, Earl Watson, former Grizzly, former Phoenix head coach, uh, you know, stands behind his words. And when you interview 70 people, as we're done for the ESPN.com article, and, and you come up with, with those allegations, and when you come up with that report, clearly there's, there's something that's, that's going seriously wrong. So we will see how all that plays out. We will have to see how things play out in the Pacific Northwest with the Portland Trailblazers and Neil O'Shea, where people have been saying he's really, really hard to work for. Well, there's a difference between being hard to work for and being disrespectful and offensive and sexist and racist or, or, or whatever those allegations may turn out to be. And very few of them have been specified at this point. So uh, we'll have to wait and see on the Portland situation. Obviously, the Phoenix situation seems to be further on down the line. The NBA is going to investigate there. The Blazers are doing their own investigation of Neil O'Shea. And just a really, really difficult time uh, for professional sports right now with all the scandals that are going on. But I think, if nothing else, there is a lesson in this for all of us, which is to treat everyone with respect. You may not agree with them. You may not like them personally. But if they are in your employ, you need to respect them for who they are as people. And that is a bedrock fundamental principle. And I don't care what your religious background, your uh, ethnic background is, that is fundamental to all of us. Respect. That's, that's the bottom line. And apparently in, in some offices right now, uh, that's not being practiced. And hopefully uh, these things can get rectified and we can move on and these franchises can move on in a positive fashion. So I uh, hope that wasn't too much of a downer, but I, I just felt it needed to be talked about because clearly we've got a couple of uh, NBA teams that have investigations going on. The Blackhawk situation is, is extremely troubling. Uh, won't get into detail on that, but uh, it it's something that's happened. And I think it bears mentioning and bears conversation. But as I said, I think the bottom line with all of this is, is to respect the people with whom you work, 
because you've hired them to, to help you do something, whether that's to win a championship or to make your franchise profitable or, or, or whatever it is. So hopefully uh, these things will be investigated and uh, justice will be served and uh, we can move forward with that. For the Memphis Grizzlies, they, um, they're going to be at home for uh, the next few games. They've got Minnesota coming in on Monday, Wednesday, Charlotte, and then Friday, a very difficult test when they take on the Phoenix Suns, then back-to-back with the New Orleans Pelicans. So uh, when we visit on Thursday, we'll get you a preview for the weekend with the Suns and the Pelicans and uh, get you up to date on what happened in the homestand as the Grizzlies take on the Timberwolves and the Charlotte Hornets. That's a wrap for this edition of the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.